Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Rick Bobro and Austin Underground. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, once again, tell us where you're at. Check in in the chat. Let us know where you are watching from. We're always in I'm checking in from Friendswood, Texas, baby. Let's go. <laughs> there you go, Jerry, of course, getting it started this morning. And guys, we're going to get the show started with the topic that we've discussed all week, the portal. And let's start with, because we've already had a couple of questions about players that Texas has lost thus far. So let's start with that before we move on, move on to other prospects. Uh, Texas right now, I, I've got four guys, B.J. Allen and uh, Sawyer Gorham Welch moved into the portal yesterday. Uh, B.J. Allen, a highly rated safety out of Alito, just never uh, looked like he was coming on in the spring, but then just could never break into the rotation uh, at, at that time. Uh, Sawyer Gorham Welch, a uh, backup reserve offensive lineman, played a little center. He would have been an emergency center, actually, for the Longhorns. He's originally from Longview. He is a grad transfer, which I'm happy about for him. Uh, and he will try to – he still has actually two years left he could play. Uh, so good for him. He joins uh, backup cornerback, third-string cornerback, Xavion Bryce, uh, out of the Arlington area, and transfer uh, Jalen Catalan. Those are the four guys right now. Uh, in the portal for the Longhorns. Uh, Jerry and, and Blake, the thing I think about this, we talked about this would be a trickle for the Longhorns instead of an avalanche. Well, the rest of the portal world is an avalanche right now. Nearly 3,000 plus young men have put their name into the portal. So take that as you will, but uh, it is crazy out there. Uh, chief among them, A&M, I think already in double digits. Uh, from that, uh, Walter Nolan among them, Jerry, you could talk about him and Jake Johnson, Chase Basantis, and the rest of those guys and, and what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, um, we we put out a report on Inside Texas last night that Bo Davis had talked to, has talked to Walter Nolan. Look, where it goes, I mean, we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't put a lot of stock in that right now. I would say um, it's not out of question that some guys don't uh, that return A and M that are in the portal. I, I think by mid December there will be some clarity on that um, with, with A and M and the, the portal with guys uh, that have jumped in the portal or thinking about jumping in the portal. I really think by mid December there'll be a lot of clarity on that for uh, Texas A and M fans and schools uh, looking to recruit some of those guys. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, look, that's a. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm not putting. I, I, I'm. I'm not going to tell anybody to get their hopes up on that. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I would. I would say this. Uh, a, a Texas. Some Texas A&M fans think that I. Uh, Blake, do you have that that uh, post? <laughs> oh or man. Uh, let me well, give me j just a second here, guys, and I will bring it up. All right. So, long story short, on Texags, which is a website that covers Texas A&M uh, sports and athletics, and is is a little bit of a crazy place uh, for Aggie fans to go. Uh, they are they are saying that Bobby Burton, not, you know, Bobby Burton is reaching out to recruits and telling them to go into the portal. So I'm going to be real clear about this, okay? Keep saying that, and you're going to get yourself in trouble because I haven't talked to a recruit outside of being on air right here in 10-plus years. So I don't do that. Other than it's on the air, I don't talk to recruits. I haven't. I used to all the time back in the aughts and before that, but nowadays I don't. It says UT Austin grad Bobby Burton co-created and runs on three. I did help. Uh, I'm an investor in on three. 
He personally has an extensive history with his prior company, helping TU with recruiting outside the lines. Again, untrue. Now he is over, overtly attacking the AM roster by contacting our players about transferring. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I haven't talked to a, I haven't talked to a recruit or a player unless it's been on air where y'all can see me. And I mean, Jerry can the whole world can attest to this. These stories that you are seeing are coming straight from them reaching out to our players. It's a you know what operation, and we're enemy number one. Keep that in mind before giving them any money or clicks. Okay. Gotcha, buddy. <laughs> That's me. It's not, it's not your not an issue where you you fire your $76 million coach, right? And then go and your your defensive line coach that was holding the entire thing together goes and opts to go to Syracuse. It had it was all about me. Never, never, it could never be an Aggie's fault that they're being Aggie. Uh, anyways, but that I would rarely take the time out to say something about that. Other than, I mean, it's so bizarre that, you know, it's very, it's very insular over there. I'll put it that way. Very insular. Oh, man. Hey, hey by the way, we've had a couple of uh, <laughs> uh, questions about Aaron Hampton. Look, asking anybody to predict Aaron Hampton's recruitment is, I mean, I, I mean, he's on commitment number three right now, and there's 14 days till signing day. So who, who knows what happens with Aaron Hampton? That's one. That's one. I'll just say, who knows? I, <laughs> I guess. Oh, go ahead, Bobby. Hey, I, I like this one. I want to say this. This is great. No offense to you, Bobby, but why would recruits listen to you, anyways? I agree. <laughs> that, that, that's the, that's part of the absurdity of it all, Tyler. I mean, I'm not. Look, I am. I am. I'm. A, I'm. I've got a YouTube channel that we talk about Texas sports. I don't go out and recruit. I mean, I, I comment on what's going on in recruiting. It's. I, I think that. Um, I think we we talk about it and and stuff like that. It's just crazy. Hey, Jerry, did you see the photo of uh, Nick Saban yesterday with Aaron Hampton? That I'm sure that's part of why they brought that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, Nick Saban was in East Texas. Went to see uh, Casey Poe at Lindell yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I would talk to somebody that covers Alabama, and, and and they didn't have any answer on Aaron Hampton either. I mean, the reality is, I mean, like I said, this guy's on commitment three. Um, nothing would surprise me with Aaron Hampton. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hey, Jerry, I have another question for you. Uh, Texas made an offer to Hunter Andrews, young man out of Magnolia yesterday. This is indicative of Texas, quote, quote unquote, recruiting through the whistle. Offer a guy two weeks before signing day. Obviously, they've been tracking him well before. Uh, what do you understand about the young man from Magnolia, who's a running back? Yeah. Well, could play multiple positions. And is currently committed to Utah. Yeah, committed to Utah as a linebacker slash athlete. I just posted on Inside Texas a best class scenario uh, with updates uh, uh, on that. And, and look, he's he's a very tough nose, but athletic player at the running back position. Doesn't play, didn't play a lot of linebacker. Mainly played uh, running back at Magnolia. If you watch his senior tape, that's what he is uh, for Magnolia. Uh, the key here is. Um, Texas has invited him to officially visit December 15th through 17th. That's the same weekend Xavier Phil Sami is making an official visit to Texas and some other commitments are scheduled to be at Texas. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if he does that. I would, you know, Texas A&M also offered him 
Um, and the new staff has been in contact with him. People are asking what position uh, he plays uh, or what position he's being recruited to play. Hunter Andrews was recruited as a linebacker slash athlete by Utah. Um, I think he's a, a an upside athlete. I still think linebacker long term is probably his best position, but that doesn't mean he can't play um, a, a tight end of some sorts in an offense if he wants to, or a big running back that's used out of the backfield, or just a versatile uh, kind of a type of player offensively. But I think linebacker long term um, is, is what he looks like. Somebody said looks like Lander Barton from Utah. Physically, there is some similarities there. I believe uh, at least one of his parents went to Texas A&M. We'll see on that. Uh, and his sister may be also uh, supposed to go to Utah. So we'll check on that. Uh, it, it's late in the game, but I like the evaluation. This is why Texas uh, evaluates so well as they recruit through the whistle, evaluate through the whistle. Bobby, the kid's senior tape is legitimate, worthy of an offer. Completely agree. I watched it yesterday. Uh, completely agree. He plays mostly running back or almost entirely running back from the tape I saw. Uh, good hands, athletic. Uh, you look at him and you think, hey, that's kind of what NFL linebackers probably look like in, in high school. Yeah. If, if you want to know the truth, that's kind of what they look like. Uh, by the way, somebody's asking how long are his arms? Huh? I love the question. Uh, they're long. He looks like he has a nice wingspan on him. That's for sure. Uh, Todd Lacey's got a great one, guys. <clears throat> the most of all 3,000 players in the portal, the one that got my attention the most is Mike Gundy's son. <laughs> Gundy? I, I like, of all the things and all the players that went into the portal, that's the one for me that I was like, Wow. It is interesting. Is he's got to be the first player whose dad's a head coach that went into the portal from his dad's team. That's where portals reach the mass craziness factor. <laughs> well, he knew he wasn't going to play for his dad based on what he saw last year. Or this and I'm not saying <laughs> starting a rumor. Maybe maybe we're going to maybe it's going to turn out after a bowl game Mike Gundy retires, but that's freaking weird. What 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 if he goes but here's here's the reality based on what we've seen he's probably suit, better suited for Tarleton State than he is Oklahoma State. Fair. That's, let's Pittsburgh State instead of Oklahoma State. That's based, based on what I saw of him as a quarterback. Yeah. Even no, no, no. at Austin, maybe. I don't even know if he could be there. I mean, like, that, that's the kind of thing I'm seeing. Uh, yeah. Maybe different. And so maybe he's going down a level, Jerry. Yeah. I don't think he's looking to get into the FBS Power Five unless it's going to be as a backup, emergency backup type of guy. That's just crazy that his son went on the portal. It really is. I agree with you. Especially, right, guys. especially when he plays oh, for him. Sorry, go ahead. No, go. you're good, Jerry. Um, so don't forget we have Derek Johnson coming up fresh off of his college football Hall of Fame induction. He'll be here probably in about 10 minutes or so. But there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about this morning before we get to questions. Actually, there's two other things. And first, Jerry, uh, I know you wanted to talk about this, so we're going to bring this one up here and let you. Yeah, te so Texas coaches are on the road. Here's a big one today. Um, University of Florida and Tashard Choi scheduled to be at IMG today to see Jarrett Gibson. So I wanted to start with that because uh, there's uh, there's Sarkeesian was in Arizona yesterday. Terry Joseph Sark did in-home with Santana Wilson. Uh, Tashard Choice and Sark made in-home visit with uh, Christian Clark, and I wanted to lead into that because University of Florida, uh, that would be uh, Jabbar Jaluk, possibly Billy Napier, 
University of Florida and Texas to Shard Choice going IMG, still battling it out on Jarrett Gibson there. Um, we'll see if uh, we'll see what happens on that one. I'll, I'll write a little bit more on that on Inside Texas later today. But Texas staff on the road, Bo Davis scheduled to see Terrence Hibbler at Holmes County in Lexington uh, uh, today. Um, so we'll see there. Alabama, Freddie Roach, those guys are making a push with Terrence Hibbler as well, the 6'2", 285-pound defensive lineman. Uh, this staff was all over the road. I mean, <clears throat> Kyle Flood was <clears throat> in California seeing Brandon Baker making a last swing at DeAndre Carter, which I think he'll stick with Auburn. Um, Texas, I, I, I believe Flood is back in Texas. Maybe D see Daniel Cruz, uh, a couple of those other guys uh, today. Um, so the Texas staff is all over the ro road, I believe. Um, uh, A.J. Milwee was uh, had in home with Trey Owens yesterday as well. Uh, so this staff is dispersed around the country making in-home visits. The other news yesterday that I uh, <clears throat> put out on uh, Solomon Williams after coffee and football on Inside Texas was that Steve Sarkeesian is making an in-home next Monday, December 11th, with Pete Kwiatkowski um, uh, with Solomon Williams, uh, the four-star edge uh, linebacker out of Carrollwood Day. Uh, so Solomon Williams week <clears throat> leading in the signing day is pretty busy next week. He's got Sarkeesian and PK Monday. Nick Saban Tuesday, Dan Landing and Mike Elko also expected next week. So how, how do colleges see Solomon Williams as a prospect? Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> hey, I want to I want to say this real quick. So just to break it down for everybody, as, as Jerry's talking about uh, everything going on in recruiting, uh, we have yet to mention Portal and, and who Texas might be trying to attract there. But just to give everybody an alphabetical order of guys that Texas is still recruiting that are uncommitted at this point. So signing day is December 20th. They've got two and a half weeks here. Um, hundred, or excuse me, one and a half weeks, basically. Hunter Andrews, uh, a athlete from Magnolia, Texas. We just talked about him. He was offered. Xavier Philsamy, a safety out of McKinney, Texas. Uh, he's currently committed to Florida. Solomon Williams, an edge prospect out of Tampa's Carrollwood Day. He is a defensive end edge guy, Pete Kwiatkowski. Has already been by, He's as Jerry mentioned, Pete, Steve Sarkeesian going in home with him next week. He's expected to choose between Texas, Oregon, Texas A&M, uh, and Alabama. Kobe Black, the, the cornerback out of Waco Connolly, uh, he's expected to announce his decision a week from yesterday. So that'll be next Wednesday. He's a, a highly ranked top 100 player in the country. And then Terrence Hibbler out of Holmes County in uh, Mississippi, is uh, the person that Jerry was talking about. He's a defensive lineman that is currently committed to Mississippi State, uh, but looking around. So two kids that are committed elsewhere, three that are still there. And then obviously people are trying to peck at Texas's own recruiting class. Jerry mentioned Jarrett Gibson. We also saw the pictures yesterday uh, of Nick Saban and Aaron Hampton uh, over in Dangerfield, Texas as well. All right, guys, before we get to two other things that I want to touch on before Derek gets here, Bobby, I want to let you tell everybody out there about Austin Underground. Yeah, absolutely. Austin Underground, the, my friend Rick Vavro, he and his group there at Austin Underground uh, are a, they specialize in what I would call difficult underground commercial construction installations. Uh, since 2004, the team's engineering background has given Austin Underground the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. He and his team offer an end-to-end -end client experience including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, 
They produce solid quality work each and every time. That's Austin Underground, Rick Vavro and his group, uh, just a tremendous asset to people in the Austin area. Uh, Ray Potter, yes, Sarkeesian and Blake Gideon are scheduled to may, uh, have, be in home with uh, Xavier Phil Same uh, and his father in McKinney today at some point tonight. Phil Same, Jerry, Phil Same. <laughs> Man, I've said it that way so long, Phil Same. It's like me and Adonai Mitchell. I called him A.D. Mitchell for the first six months, and then he wanted to change his, his name. I wanted to make sure everybody was saying it the other way, and it's just it's hard whenever you, you start going one direction and uh, end up another. Look, look, all it would take is is Phil Sami coming downhill and hitting me once, and I'd be like, Phil Sami, Phil Sami. Oh, God. I would remember it if he just struck me downhill once, I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, I see DJ, I think, getting ready to come on here, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. Obviously, needs no introduction, but Derek Johnson, former Texas linebacker. I mean, every award in the book he's gotten, but most recently, College Football Hall of Fame inductee, Derek Johnson. Derek, how you doing this morning? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I, li I like Looking, the buddy. I like the I like the ring of that uh Hall of Fame tag. Hey, we, we needed somebody that could run 10-5 on this show. We all run 12-5, okay? <laughs> good deal, good deal. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, Derek, congratulations from all of us and from Longhorn Nation. Uh, truly, you represented the university so well. Three-time All-American, fresh, defensive freshman of the year, a unanimous All-American as a senior. I mean, give me a break. That's just uh, terrific. Uh, I, I've got a question for you. You had the, the ceremony this week up in Las Vegas, uh, friends and coaches, et cetera, all there. Do they give you a gold jacket when you get in there? What do they give you, that plaque? I mean, you know you want a gold jacket too someday. What are you thinking? Man, that, that would be awesome. Uh, they do give us a jacket. I'm not even sure what color the jacket's going to be, but but we, uh, uh, we, we got measured for it. Uh, we definitely get a plaque. We got a, a watch. We got a big ring i mean it, it's it, i i got a, i got a few uh um uh, pretty cool uh, um uh, things to something that i'll sh cherish for the rest of my life but it was just so awesome just to see just everybody we had a full class i mean from dwight freeney to uh, um reggie bush to tim tebow to uh brian westbrook um uh it, it, was, it was a lot of names up there and every and the best thing about it it's almost like when you go to this all-star game and everybody has respect for everybody, which is, which is pretty cool at the end of the day. Well, hey, I, I, go ahead, Jerry. you were, you were blessed with great talent, but you maximized your talent. And so one of the kind of the, the gifts you can give to younger players is showing them, talking to them about, yeah, I was physically really blessed, but I maximized that. And this is how I did that. How important is that kind of as a role for you being part of the Texas program with some of the younger guys coming in? Man, you know, that's a great question, actually. When you talk about maximizing your potential, uh, optimizing it, uh, uh, enhancing it, making it better, developing, uh, um, we all can, uh, believe it or not, we're all pretty uh, talented uh, coming into uh, the college ranks and being able to jump high, and run fast, and be pretty physical, uh, depending on your position. But if, if you're not, if you don't have the mindset to work your butt off, you don't have the mindset to uh, keep your confidence when things go up and down and adversity hits. And it's, football's hard. Football's a hard, hard sport. It is a, it is a kid's game, but I'm just saying to have 
um, success and to just to to really dive into getting better is really hard to do, but it is definitely possible. You just have to have a mindset uh, that you that you're not going to take no for an answer, and you got to get better in, in life. Just that's on and off the field. It, it, through it all, you have to either get better or you get worse. So you got to pick one and uh, getting better uh, is the road. Derek, uh, you talk about adversity and this Texas team, uh, you moved, you moved back to Austin, what about a year and a half ago, two years ago now. Yes. Uh, and by the way, you have a great foundation. I want you to tell people about too, if you don't mind in a second, but you talk about adversity and this Texas team was five and seven, three years ago in Steve Sarkeesian's first year, then eight and five last year. You started working a little bit with the team. You had a little bit more insight. I know Michael Huff and Sark and those guys kind of welcomed you back a little bit into the fold, right, as you came back to Austin. What did you see uh, firsthand from this group this year? Uh, that that Because it, it has been. I mean, Jalen Ford is – I mean, he was part of the 5-17. and 17, You yeah. know what I mean? Xavier Worthy, they, Tavondre Sweat, those were guys on that team. And now they're looking at 12-1 uh, and one playing for in the college football playoff. Man, that's awesome. Uh, whenever you can uh, have a story like that, right? Uh, uh, and and just, I, I love when when you go through adversity. A lot of people don't like that because that's like, oh man, that sucks and this and this. But I tell you what, man, if you can if you can learn and uh, through those tough times, uh, it has great uh, uh, dividends and uh, just it has great benefits. And the benefits are now, right? We're being able to play for the national championship, being in the college uh, football playoffs, which is, which is your goal at the end of the day. And, and we met that goal, uh, but being up at the university of Texas at times, uh, being able to mentor the guys, especially the linebackers uh, and just seeing the guys in general walking around, they enjoy being around each other. If you're a longhorn right now, a longhorn football player, they, it, just from a fan standpoint, these guys love being around each other. They, they're they a close-netted group. And uh, um, um, Coach Sark is a big, big part of that. Uh, when you talk about the culture he's building, and, yeah, it was a little ugly early. You know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you you have to go through those times so you can appreciate these times, you know. Uh, and uh, Sark, I mean, every time I'm there, he says he says some things where I'm like, man, that's exactly what I would say. That's that's how you know that he's on the right track and he's a player's coach. Because when you're in there and you're talking to a hundred players, you have to try to relate and get through to them. And uh, he he he's he's always stayed relatable. Uh, he's tough-minded guy. I mean, he's a smart uh, guru when it comes to uh, offensive mind, but just a hard nose. Um, 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 strong-minded football coach, uh, Coach Sark. He's young, but he's old school in, when, when in, in that regard. And I enjoy uh, being around uh, Texas Longhorns and being able to see just this progression and, and them just, I mean, blossoming, man. And a lot of people don't like me to say, um, uh, you know, don't, you know, we, we get superstition when I say uh, uh, Texas is back. I mean, it, it, I mean, we're 11 to 1, 12 and 1. I mean, if you if you don't think Texas is back, you know, you just, you know, you, you, you're blind. Uh, it, they're, they're doing all the right things and it's going to last. This is not something just here today and going tomorrow. This is not a fluke. This Texas team is the real deal and it's very, very tough. Hey, hey Derek, two, uh, there's been two themes uh, in the questions from people watching this. So I'm going to I'm going to throw them both at you. One, do you ever want to coach? <laughs> Everybody wants you to be a linebackers coach at Texas. 
And two, what do you think of Anthony Hill, young Anthony Hill's game and where he can go as a player? Yeah, uh, I, I, w- I would love to coach, but uh, I, 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 I've had opportunities. I, I will have opportunities in the future, but not right now. I got six kiddos, I, and I, you know, I got to – You're coaching I, in a different way. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, but I will stay close to the game. I will uh, do some things with linebacker training. I will I, – I got that stuff on the it, – it, it's right behind me. It's on deck, and, and I, I'm going to get that going. But that will be later – a little bit later on in life. I just uh, – my kiddos are small right now, so I can't uh, devote that time like I want to to coaching. But I still will stay around the game. I'm a football head. Like I, my, my wife hates watching football with me. I'm pausing it. I'm saying, "You see this, babe? You see this?" And she's like, "Oh my goodness!" Um, but I tell you what, we we talk about Anthony Hill. The second question, the mindset of Anthony Hill. I'm 40 years old. We're 41 now, and I tell you what, he's a guy that I can hang around. That that's the old school mindset he has when it comes to playing football he's a smart football player and tough as all get out I mean he wakes up with a chip on his shoulder and he and, and he's the guy that's that's what you know that's when you know a player's going to be really really good if he's if he's already getting all these accolades and stuff and then he uh, and he wakes up with a chip on his shoulder man that's a guy that's really uh, a young kid that's really easily motivated and uh, he's gonna get better and better, and uh, I can't wait. I just told I told him the other day. I said, "Man, when you when you're a senior, hopefully you get to be a senior." But uh, you know how people leave now. But um, when you get a senior, Anthony Hill, there are gonna be some people, some players looking at you like scared to to walk by just because he has that mindset. Hey, hey I'm gonna keep everybody accountable, and uh, uh, and he loves he loves football. Hey, that's a good question, Derek. You went right into a great question. You could have gone pro after three years. And I know it's different times now. What kept you for a fourth year? Because you could have been a first rounder after three years. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, w- I was winning. I was living a good life, man. I was I, w- I was with Matt Brown and us. We were, uh, you know, Vince Young. And he, he, he was uh, up and coming. Uh, Cedric Benson. Everybody was here, man. We had a – we had a the Austin is good. It's, it's hard to leave Austin early, you know, uh, especially for me. Uh, when you're having fun. Uh, uh, man, you just want it to last a long, uh, longer. But at the at the same time, uh, being able to try to win a national championship, being a BCS Bowl, and do all those things, uh, college is only for four years. I mean, you can only play for four years usually, and and I wanted that opportunity uh, with with the brothers uh, that I came in with in two thousand and one. Um, um, I wasn't no, it was no rush to get to the NFL. Uh, the NFL was going to be there. But uh, I, I loved Austin. I love being a Longhorn, so that's why I stayed my four years. Jer- Derek, uh, we're speaking with Derek Johnson. This is Coffee and Football. Uh, G- Derek, I got to ask you a question, man. Uh, th- tell people about your Defend the Dream Foundation and what you do for Austin area schools. I think it's one of the neater things I've heard in a long time for a, a player to give back in the way you are right now. No, I appreciate that. Um, well. I'm really big on serving. Um, I serve my family. <laughs> I serve my church. Being a youth leader, uh, uh, I, I serve my foundation, and I serve UT football. Right? Uh, uh, talking about uh, my foundation, uh, it caters to inner city kids through education. My foundation is called Defend the Dream, and you actually can uh, go on the website and actually donate if this uh, uh, resonates with you. Derek Johnson Foundation dot org, uh, but. What we do is uh, we go in and revamp 
and beautify um, Title I elementary school libraries. We're talking about the elementary schools that you say when you go in there, you say, oh man, this this needs help. And uh, um, education is the key. My mom's my mom was a teacher for over 40 years. So uh, when you talk about education, that's all in my family. And it's a reflection of, of how I grew up. I was an inner city kid and my mom was a a school teacher. So I know how important education is and how how important literacy is. So being able to get their their reading levels on grade level reading before they leave elementary school is a big deal. So uh, this 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 these funds that I'm getting, this is all to buy more and more books for uh, Title One elementary schools and uh, low income areas. And I just want to I just want to help, man. I'm all about serving. It's all about using your platform uh, to help somebody else. If it, if you're not helping anybody, regardless of your title, uh, uh, you, you, you got to change some things up. I got, I'm going to read this guys. All right. Before we let you go, there's a reason you're a hall of famer. Okay. Uh, Blake, our, uh, our host here brought this up and gave it to us. Your sophomore year, 120 tackles, your junior year, 125 tackles, your senior year, 130 tackles. All right. Your senior year, forced fumbles. Nine. Yeah. Nine forced fumbles in a season. I think Texas had four or five forced fumbles all year this year. Wow. Uh, Derek, you were a fantastic player. And what's more, today you're an excellent, unbelievable representative of the University of Texas. And thank you for what you're doing for kids around the state. And congratulations to any and every honor you receive because you absolutely deserve it, Bill. Man, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being with us this morning. That's Derek Johnson. Derek, welcome, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, guys. What a good guy. Blake, thank you for getting uh, reaching out to Derek and asking him to come awesome. on. Yeah, and he's always willing to. That's what's great. And by the way, I put it in the chat. So if you want to click the link to follow his foundation, go over there and donate, you can. But it's also DerekJohnsonFoundation.org. And you can learn a lot more about it. They put up all the information you're going to need and a way to donate to them. So if you feel inclined to do so, there you go. What a great guy to represent the University of Texas. What a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to kind of go to the opposite end of the spectrum real quick. We had some fun with this yesterday off the air. Uh, and I know Jerry wanted to bring it up. So we're going to bring it up real quick and just talk about it. Eric Coleman, oh the defensive gosh. back for OU, says that when they played Alabama in the 2014 Sugar Bowl, they were drinking Hennessy before the game. Oklahoma ended up winning. And it wasn't just him. It was the team. Real quickly, y'all's thoughts on this. Well, they won the game. Uh, <laughs> they, they won the game, right? I don't <laughs> know about it, guys. Hey, uh, Nick Saban had to see that tweet, and he wants to bring that team back for one more practice. <laughs> How in the hell did we lose to these guys? Hey, uh, if you didn't read that, it, it, look, I mean, Aaron Coleman, former defensive back for uh, the Sooners, um, it, taking a drinking Hennessy instead of taking Toradol as a painkiller for his foot or toe, I think he said. Um, I wonder how how much that goes on in some places. I mean, I I don't think it goes on at Texas. I'll put it that way. But I wonder. I, I legitimately wonder, like especially um, especially in places where it's a little bit more lax. And I, I don't know that people drink during the game. Uh, but they certainly may take different drugs 
uh, instead of just tore it all to get through pain, right? Because that's really what he did. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to be drunk during the game. He was doing right. it because he had this pain. So right. I, I wonder how prolific that is or, or you know, in the college football and, and even pro football to some degree. Well, and the, cra- the crazy thing there is it's not like Bob Stoops wasn't a disciplinarian as a coach. Right. He's as detail oriented as anybody was, right? And that was at the kind of that was that was during the great run they had too, which is crazy. Well, during uh, on that tweet, I went into the comments. Yes, we may have lost Blake. Today, and uh, it was actually someone you know. I don't know if they played for Utah or what, but they said that when they played Alabama in the Super Bowl, they they were drinking at the bar the night before the game, and they beat Alabama. So maybe that's the key to beat Alabama. Maybe that's the best way to beat Bama. Maybe that's the way to beat Bama. I, I don't. Mississippi, but, Mississippi State better hurry up and try that before Nick retires. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's everybody's favorite time of the morning as it is time for Manscaped. And Jerry, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about the lawnmower and much, much more. Look, man, it's that time of year. What are we, about 18 days until Christmas? Hey, Santa, baby, this is a season for a fresh cut. That season's finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Nobody wants that. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. I guarantee you this, Ms. Claus will thank you. And I'll add, starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This is the crown jewel of the holidays, and dare I say the best ball trimmer of all time. <laughs> the Electric Razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your Santa sack. Manscaped.com, on Texas, all caps, for 20% off. There you go. Can't beat it. Okay, guys, <laughs> we got to get to some questions because we got lots of them. We got super chats. We got regular questions. And, of course, there's plenty of time to get your questions in right here on Coffee and Football, so let's do so. But we're going to start here, uh, and I want to read a couple of comments that are super chats. We're going to go ahead and knock those out of the way. Going back to our A&M conversation earlier, and Bobby, of course, you know, being the tampering guy he is with all of their players, <laughs> saying that sarcastically just in case anyone out there in Aggieland Uses my words against Bobby. Uh, Tubman, Texas says, Collie Station is imploding and it's wonderful. Then he says, hook them. Thank you, Tubman, Texas, for the super chat. And then Lee Barden says, Bobby, does Adam Lowy handle litigation for defense <laughs> to tackle those Aggies? Thank I, you, Lee I think Barden. That, I think he's for personal injury. So, like, you get hit in a car wreck uh, or on the job. Uh, it, but I'm, I'm not – look, I'm not litigious uh, personally – uh, when it comes to stuff like that, I've been around message boards for 30 plus years. Uh, so I understand what fans are. I mean, they're just, they're misguided woefully, like, which is not uncommon with Aggies, by the way. Um, but, you know, look, is it melting down in A&M right now? You tell me. These are starters. Chase Basantis, Jake Johnson, Fadil Diggs. Uh, then you have Walter Nolan. To cap it off, those are starters that are in the portal. 
Okay. Now I'm not saying they're going to lose all of them, but like Jerry said, we we're hearing that there's a mid December time frame where they really got to make a decision. Yeah. Right now they're trying to play the free agent market. Essentially. Uh, then you have guys like LT Overton, who was a five-star recruit. He's gone. I mean, their recruiting class from two years ago, the one that was the greatest recruiting class of all time, it looks like a shell right now. Uh, I mean, my thing, guys, right right now, it'd be in the 70s, is my guess. You know, because if they truly lose all these guys, that's that's bad stuff. I don't think all losses are bad losses. And and I think AM somewhat has an opportunity here to to kind of turn the ship back in the right direction. We'll see what happens. Evan Stewart has not gone in the portal, by the way. And he said he was going in. So Shamar Turner's probably going to the NFL at least. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. I got a couple more super chat comments. Uh, I brought this up when Derek was here, but I wanted just to say thank you to Panhandle Jay for the super chat. He said, Derek's his kids all time favorite Longhorn. I think a lot of people's all time favorite Longhorn, uh, especially after his appearance just now and talking about some of the stuff he did. And then Rick Galindo. Thank you, Rick. He says, I look forward to all your videos you guys put out. It's great for my mental health. Thanks guys. Let's win it all. Hook them. I, I agree, Rick. And let's win it all. No doubt. Hey, but I want to add one more thing to that whole AM conversation. If you're players or your parents or you're in the circle and you say AM essentially pay somebody $76 million to leave, if you're AM, you lost your leverage in an aisle day and age, by the way. All right, let's move on. <laughs> a good way to put it, too. Uh, Forrest Eldridge, uh, he says, I'm not sure there's a player that needed this time to heal more than Cedric Baxter. I hope he's 100% for Washington. He predicts 35-28 Texas. I, I think, yeah, I think we're going to see the healthiest Texas teams since uh, since when, with the, uh, obviously with the exception of Jonathan Brooks. I mean, the guys, the Kelvin Banks ankle, right, who he struggled with at times, uh, Cole Hudson, the guys that were never probably 100% healthy, Cedric Baxter you brought up, Jade Barron with the toe. I still think that's why Oklahoma State attacked him. Uh, they want to say, all right, man, we don't want you in the box playing the run. Uh, we don't want you in that position to blitz. We, we're going to make you run. We're going to test you. We know you've been injured. We're going to test you. Double moves. You know, we're, we're going to test you, Jade. How healthy are you? Um, get him where he's not comfortable. Uh, so you're going to see a team that's healthy, Ryan Watts, right? I mean, Austin Jordan was the only one that Sarp kind of said, ah, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Xavier Worthy's out of a boot, uh, you know. So I mean, I think you're going to see the healthiest Texas team possible in a month. Now the same can be said for Washington because when people are looking at Washington, uh, that's a great thing about having a month off. Washington of their four receivers, uh, the only one that played all season without missing any time was Romeo Dunze. J- McMillan missed half the year. Uh, Bernard missed two or three games. I think Polk missed a game. So, and one of their offensive linemen had some injury bug. Uh, so, this is also a team that's going to be healthy too, which is the way you want it. That's to, that's why I love thirty days out from the playoff in college football. You're going to see a healthy, fresh, fast game in the Sugar Bowl on turf. Yes, on guys. Turf. Some people are. It is being reported. Danny Stutzman's going pro. By the way, I believe that was Sooner Scoop that reported that. Oh wow, that's the key. That's the key inside linebacker that kind of uh, made uh, he really kind of made Brent Venable's defense work 
this past yeah. year. And I just want to say this, the way he celebrated after the Texas game, I mean, what else is there? You guys celebrated <laughs> for a month. I was about to say, not only did he make the defense work, he made some shirts too. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a national championship celebration. Time to go to the NFL. <laughs> All right, guys, we got some more Super Chats we're going to knock out. Peyton Ross here, I want to thank him. He says, buy or sell. Texas would have just as good passing numbers as Washington if Brooks didn't hit, and our passing D wouldn't look so bad if teams could run a little more on Texas. Secondary is young. There's some validity in both parts of this. I think that uh, Brooks, he meant by Jonathan Brooks hitting the hitting, doing so well, running for a thousand plus yards. Although I will say that's not abnormal for a Steve Sarkeesian offense. He always has one thousand yard rushers. So whether it was going to be Brooks or Baxter or whoever, I think that's just part of his offensive game plan. And I do agree with the second part here. Our passing D wouldn't look so bad if teams could run a little more. Absolutely agree. They run it on Texas, so they're trying to figure out how else to do it, right? And they have to do it through the air. Um, and, you know, look, there are some good quarterbacks. Dylan Gabriel did it, I thought, really well. Uh, uh, Will Howard at uh, Kansas State did it particularly well. Donovan Smith was able to with those crossing routes, but not much else, right, at, at U of H. I didn't feel like Josh Hoover in the second half for TCU. There were only bits and pieces of that this year. There weren't these, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Milrow hit a couple big ones for Alabama down the field, right? But not in the intermediate game. Texas wasn't really, while they were picked on in their secondary, I think it was more not because they're not good. It's because the defensive run game was that strong. The passing numbers, on the other hand, that that uh, you're talking about, I think that they were uh, for Steve Sarkeesian, I don't think they were muted simply because of Jonathan Brooks. I think that's he. Steve Sarkeesian wants to be able to run the ball too. That's it. I, a, a good thing uh, for Texas in this game matchup against Washington: no QB run game. That's a good thing. I mean, Penix is average. He's attempted twenty nine rushes all year, and you figure half of those are sacks. I don't have the ha- sack numbers in front of me, but Kalen DeBoer, much like Sark. Uh, isn't really into QB run game, uh, any QB design runs. Now, could he pull one or two out in the last game of the kid's career if you lose? Possibly, but it's not a staple of the offense, and that is helpful for Texas defensively. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick, guys, uh, Texas football just tweeted that Sweat and Worthy have been named USA Today All-Americans, one of many awards that they have received and will probably continue to receive. 
Uh, we got some more super chats we're going to get to. Uh, this first one from UT Boy. Thank you, UT Boy. He says, hook them. So we appreciate it. <laughs> and then, Jerry, I know you and I talked about this earlier in the week because we were both shocked. Jordan Langham says, how about Gilmer beating Carthage, y'all? Yeah, well, I, was that the 10th playoff loss for Surratt all time? Uh, I think that's uh, – Gilmer, congrats to Gilmer, man. Uh, 47-44, big win there. I mean, Carthage, uh, they beat Pleasant Grove the week before in a 12-0 matchup. Uh, and Gilmer nipped them there 47-44. So congrats to Gilmer, man. I mean, look, I, if you haven't been, I got to tell you, all my years in this business, whether it was in Texas or out of state doing national stuff, there's nothing better than East Texas football. I, I'm just here. To, and I and look, I wasn't – I didn't. my dad wasn't a coach out in West Texas when it was a little Southwest Conference. So I, I didn't go to games there. But I, from an environment standpoint – Man, nothing beats uh, Lufkin at a Longview, East Texas, or your smaller school games. Uh, one of my favorite games I've ever been to uh, in high school football is West Orange, Stark, and Jasper. Sean Weatherspoon was at Jasper. Dion Beasley and Earl Thomas were amongst the, guy, amongst, the, amongst the guys at West Orange, Stark. And there was a high school environment in those deep East Texas, North, whether it's East Texas, Southeast Texas games that are kind of unmatched for me um, in my years being around this. It, it, that's pretty cool. Congrats to... Gilmer, uh, that was the game for Car Carthage. This is a season for Carthage because, look, they're going to be heavy favorites the next two years. Uh, Jet Surratt's a sophomore. K.J. Edwards, running back's a sophomore. They got a pretty young team. A lot of their defensive guys, especially on the D-line, are back. If they would have won the state title this year, there's a good chance Surratt was going to end with 11 or 12 in his high school career because I do think he'll walk away after his son graduates from high school and call it a high school career, coaching career. Uh, you mentioned K.J. Edwards. That's the running back there that people have been talking about since he was a freshman, Jerry, right? Is, yeah. is Texas on him right now? Uh, Texas has offered him. Um, it, they have offered him, and he's one. There's 2026 at running back in Texas, really good. Obviously, the running back at the 40 Jackrabbit, somebody's talking about that, uh, is a really good player. There's some talented running backs in 2026 in Texas. He is one of those guys they've offered. Okay. There you go. And as you can see, four-star prospect. There out of Carthage. Now the, the kid up at Texas High is, is probably the most explosive guy. I mean, he's very explosive for a sophomore back. Another East Texas guy. Yeah. Texas Canada, Texas High. All right, guys. Well, it's time I let everybody know about prize picks. And prize picks is a skill-based, really real money daily fantasy sports game. You simply pick between two to six players, and if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players. It's really simple to play. takes almost no time. Personally, I can make my pick, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. And what I love about Prize Picks is that it adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can watch your progress update in real time. You can win up to 25 times your entry amount, and you can cash out your winnings with quick withdrawals. Uh, all you have to do is go to pricepicks.com slash on Texas, use promo code on Texas, and you'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. And this weekend on Price Picks, I'll be on some NFL action. I'm taking longtime fan of the Texas program, Baker Mayfield, sarcasm obviously, to pass for less than 225 yards against Atlanta and Houston Texans quarterback CJ Stroud to pass for more, more than 251. You can join me in those picks by going to prizepicks.com slash ontexas. Use that promo code ontexas, and they'll give you a first deposit match of up to $100. And that's prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
So I want to thank you. I got to say this. So uh, Blake and Jerry, uh, we, uh, Derek Johnson uh, on during his interview said that he couldn't watch games. His wife couldn't watch games with him. Who else has that? I have that problem. I'll just, uh, my wife, like she goes, you don't talk during football games, Bobby. I can't talk to you. And I go, I can't. My, my focus is over here, you know? And so I, I don't know if anybody else has that problem. I try not to make it that way. I really, really do in the heart, in my heart of hearts. But man, wait till halftime. That's what I, let's let's talk about other stuff at halftime. <laughs> so, so, so a couple of things. Um, I, I, when I was talking about Surratt, Surratt hanging up in high school football, it's after Jet Surratt graduates, in my opinion. That's uh, he has a junior and senior year coming up. Um, so, and somebody asked about. Michael Penix and QB run game. I said, no, the QB run game is not a staple of their offense. He's got 28 rushing attempts. Statistically, 10 of those are sacks. So you're talking about 18 over a 13-game period. Um, I'm not saying Michael Penix can't move. I'm saying QB run game is not part of the scheme of Kalen DeBoer, much like Steve Sarkeesian. Does that mean he won't break it out when win or go home scenario? No, it doesn't. But it's not a staple of their offense. Well, while we're on the subject of high school football, real quick, uh, Jerry, E. Kim wants to know, who do you have advancing this week? And we won't go through all of them. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, North Shore over Westlake. Agreed. Duncanville over North Crowley. But Duncanville needs to play well. Uh, North Crowley's got some dudes now. Um, I, I, I like Alito. I know that won't be popular with the Forney Jackrabbits on the uh, comments. I like uh, Alito as well. Um I'm trying to think of some of the other games. Who do you, who do you have, Blake? Who do you uh, have? So, I, so 5A South Oak Cliff, Port Natchez Grove advancing, place uh, playing each other. I'm with you on Alito. I think they'll play Smithson Valley in state championship. Eddie DeBose, um, Texas commit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. DeSoto um, and Steele, I think, will face each other in state championship. And then Duncanville and North Shore, of course, which I told you I agreed with you on those. I'm curious to see, though. I think one of the more interesting ones is in 4A. We talked about Gilmer a second ago. Can they beat Glen Rose? I think that's going to be a very interesting uh, game to see if they can continue on. So, we'll By the see. way, Chapel Hill, uh, uh, Eric76 said Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill had a huge win last week, avenging a loss in district to Kilgore. Uh, that was a big win uh, for Chapel Hill last week in a regional final. Yep. Hey, we got some people saying – no, go ahead, Bobby. No, that's fine. Go ahead, Blake. Finish oh. up. Uh, we had a couple people asking Canadian Gunner. I think Gunner wins that one. I know we got fans from both both schools on this uh, chat a lot. And yes, I do agree. Albany will beat Sunray and get another state title in the long run. So uh, somebody's asking about Malcolm Simpson at Galveston Ball, twenty twenty five D lineman. Um, good player. Um, I, I, I I'm not sure Texas will recruit him, but a good player. Hi, uh, let's. You, you mentioned Smithson Valley, and that that jogged my memory. Uh, we haven't talked about portal for Texas. We've talked about portal away from Texas today. We haven't talked about portal to Texas. Uh, Eric Nolene of Inside Texas yesterday uh, putting a um, a uh, RPM pick in for Andrew Makuba, uh, the uh, nickelback out of Clemson. Uh, he played what Texas equates to the star position the last two years at Clemson. Uh, he Eric is hearing that he is likely to be a Longhorn. Uh, we thought that a possibility ever since uh, he announced his in, his uh, intention to go into the portal. Uh, Jamal Fenner, uh, the director of high school relations for the University of Texas, was his former high school coach yeah. at Austin LBJ. 
and the Longhorns clearly are looking for a replacement for Jade Barron. You mentioned Smithson Valley, Jerry, and that and uh, Blake in that uh, high school segment. Trey Moore is another guy we're monitoring to see if Texas really goes on. He's in the UT. He's out of UTSA. He's an edge defensive end type. Xavion Thomas, wide receiver out of Mississippi State. Juice Wells, wide receiver out of uh, South Carolina. Deion Burks, out of uh, wide receiver out of uh, Purdue. Holden Stays, this may be a name to, to keep uh, on the top of your tongue uh, or tip of your tongue. He's the Notre Dame tight end. We're hearing there's maybe some sincere interest there. And then you have tight end Jack, Jake Velling out of Oregon State. Uh, I don't know about people are asking about uh, Princely Umamalian out of Maynard, Jerry. Have you heard anything on him? He's He was at Florida, but it's kind of been in and out of their starting lineup. Is yeah. he a guy that Texas might take a look at? Yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. I'm sure they'll evaluate that. But um, uh, the reality is a lot of people think he'll end up at A&M with Sean Spencer, who was the Florida D-line coaches at A&M. But we'll see on that. We'll see on that. Uh, somebody's asking about hoops. I, I had such a busy day yesterday. Um, and, and especially during the game, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. I had recorded the game, and thank goodness I didn't watch it live. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll give it a watch when I have a couple hours today. But uh, they need to get Disu back, and they need to get uh, – uh, a little more, uh, they're a little disjointed offensively for what they can be. Um, they got to get their rim protection back. And uh, um, I, I, I'm here in mid-December, uh, probably LSU game for DSU's return. So we'll see how long it takes him to get back in true game condition. But I can, I, I can tell you this, when I looked at the box score without watching the game last night because I was so busy, if uh, IT Horton, uh, Tyrese Hunter, and Caden Shedder go 2-18, Texas won't win any of those games. To start before you actually dig into the game. Girls are winning big, though. They're, they're yeah. winning real big. Number five, I think, in the poll now. So. Is Rory Harmon going to be um, Coach Schaefer's TJ Ford? Be very interesting to watch. TJ got Texas to the Final Four. Heck of a player. No, no doubt about that. All right, guys, we got some more uh, um, questions, comments, all that good stuff we have to get to. And this first one from Seth, want to thank him for the super chat. He says, anything more on Jonathan Brooks heading to the NFL? As Bobby, you shake your head. No, I'm going to let yeah, you. Yeah, I haven't heard anything more. So I'll just repeat what I've heard last, which is about a week ago. Uh, I'm hearing that Jonathan Brooks is expected to be a third or fourth round pick based on his the feedback he is receiving and uh, representatives uh, that hope to represent him are receiving at this point in time, even with the ACL injury. If that were the case, he's likely to head to the NFL. I mean, I think that uh, I'm not saying, and I don't want to put words into his mouth. He's going to make that decision on his own. Uh, but uh, that's that would be a very good grade for a running back with an injured ACL. Um, let's 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 talk that through because he's he basically what people are saying is he can go on the pup list until midseason, and then all of a sudden a team has a uh, a healthy running back coming out uh, right about the time when most of them start losing a running back or two. So he's, he's expected to go in that third, fourth round range, which is a ter terrific grade considering Texas had B. John Robinson <laughs> and Roshan Johnson the previous year. I mean, that's Stan Drayton and Tashard Cho Choice did a good job with that running back room, in my opinion. No doubt about it. All right, guys, going back to the transfer portal for a second. Michael Williams with the Super Chat says, per transfer portal, is culture one of the most important things to have in order to keep the core of a roster? And uh, 
I've always gone back to this. I believe it was Bill Belichick that said it, not that everybody has all the answers. But, look, Nick Saban's passed on some really talented players in the last three years, guys, really talented. Uh, but I think it was Bill Belichick that once said that uh, you, you, the goal is to build, uh, not collect talent but to build a team. And I've, I've never thought that's more important than today in the day and age of the portal. Um, Sarkeesian and the staff have done a good job uh, building a team. And now once you started winning, you're going to have a lot more guys that want to be a part of it. And sticking with building the best and most talented team you can is always going to be more important than collecting the most talent you can. I don't know anything else, uh, any other way to say it than that. I agree. I think that that you have to, I think the the collection of talent is different, guys. It just is than actually losing the core of your team. Texas risked the core of its team by adding a Jai Hall and Jalil Billingsley, in my opinion, last year. That Sark's not going to be willing to do that. And I want to say this, Texas, from a evaluation standpoint, they're doing it more judiciously now than they ever have. So just because you hear, I don't know, Juice Wells, okay, you know, this, that, or the other thing, they're going to do their due diligence beyond the beyond. They're not just turning on the tape. So one of the reasons you will see Texas not throw offers out there to, to uh, fellas in the uh, portal, they want to know all about them. Not just, I mean, they Texas can be a little choosy. They're, they can find players. They want to find the right players. All right, guys, we got some more Super Chats we're going to knock out here. And uh, this one is from Coachy Samuel. And he says, Washington barely beat us last year when we didn't have our whole team. And their quarterback can't throw pretty passes downfield when he's flat on his back. Well, if they can get a pass rush, let's see. That's my That would be my, my thought. If Texas can get a pass rush, let's talk about it. Um until then, I, I think that he's proven that he can pick teams apart if he has the time. So I, I doubt Pete Kwiatkowski is going to just let that happen. I think that he saw what, what Michael Penix can do last year. Um, and you're right, Texas did not have a full group of players. I mean, Bijan and Roshan both set that out. Uh, Overshown was, was not playing. Um, there are a number of guys there. I feel like Texas... Um, you know, Texas is this is a different matchup, though. They're both both of these player teams are not just in the Alamo Bowl where it's the final game of a season. They're actually fighting to go forward. And I, I think that's fundamentally important and, and different from last year. Hey, by, by the way, uh, both left tackles, probably future first round draft picks. Hey, look at this stat from Billy Hoyle. Yep. Stat of the day, Washington hasn't beat a team by more than 10 since September. You know what that means to me? Two things. DeBoer's coaching the hell out of it. One, <laughs> one, they know how to win. Kind of, we talked about that. We gave Texas credit, right? You got to give other teams credit too. Found a way to win games. They've had injuries. It's not always perfect, um, but they found a way to win games. Um, and so that, that's actually, I look at that as a positive uh, for Washington going into a game where everybody has 30 days off the scheme prepare and get healthy. Um, is Washington a better team than Texas? I, I will find out. I, I think offensively, 
they may be a slightly better team defensively. I think Texas is, is a better team. We'll see where where it all comes out in the wash. Um, and I say that with Washington because they got uh, they got elite receiver core and they got a very very experienced quarterback, a left uh, left tackle to be a first round pick. DeBoer knows how to run the football. I mean, they're a really good offensive team uh, that's battled through their own injuries this season. Uh, so I look at that as a I look at that as kind of a tip the hat to them. But that also doesn't mean they're going to beat Texas January first. All right, y'all. A few more super chats we're going to knock out. And Jerry, this one for you. Panhandle Jay says thoughts on Corey Daly, the twenty six QB from Seguin. I think it's coach's kid, right? I knew Coach Daly when he was at uh, Clear Springs there uh, under Coach Hartman. I'll take a closer look at him uh, coming up. I've not watched him in person. All right, then this next one from UT Boy. Got to thank him again. Uh, he said, I heard UT Boy is the de facto inside Texas official minister of culture. Could y'all verify this? Hook him. Jerry, I'm going to let you answer that one too. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I'll give it to you. Go for it. <laughs> All right, then this uh, but, last. But look, but look. I mean, I thought that'd be Jonte Cook, man. I'm surprised you went with you over Jonte's world. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Then this last one here from Ken Ward. Thank you, Ken. He says, I have to crow about this just once. My preseason prediction on this show was 12-1, and Big 12 champs headed to the college football playoff. We beat Bama but lose to a team we shouldn't. Needless to say, he nailed it. Yeah. Ken Ward. Yeah. (laughs) If that's really what you did, then you did because – in retrospect, Texas should not have lost to OU. We knew it at the time, but boy, it feels that way now. Given how this team came together, yeah. I, 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 talk, I talked about this yesterday with Eric. Uh, I talked about it with, a little bit with Brian, Irwin, Jerry, and uh, Blake. It just felt like a different team the second Adonai Mitchell caught that ball against TCU and put them away. When that happened. It felt like it felt like the 800-pound gorilla jumped off their back, and then the Iowa State offensive lineman opened his mouth, and they had no chance at home. And then Texas Tech, you know, that was predestined, I think. And then Oklahoma. I mean, they just—I really think since that last catch by Adnai Mitchell, that was the final proof they needed to believe in themselves. And I, ever since then, they played lights out. So, Ken, you you've done you did a great job with that one uh, with your prediction. But man, they they changed uh, fundamentally in my mind the last two and a half three games of the season. Uh, somebody's saying that's being reported. Manny Diaz, the front runner to be the next Duke coach. Interesting. I I, I got to say this. Um, this is not a, this is not a name drop at all. This is kind of a it's a compliment to Manny. No matter what you think of his time at Texas. Uh, when he was the head coach at Miami, um, we played golf in the offseason because I was living in Florida, South Florida at the time. I, that was purely entertaining and a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, four hours. Um, that guy wins interviews and press conferences. He is a, a tremendous communicator. Tremendous. All right, guys. We got uh, a good question here from Chris Young. He says, Trey Wisner is such a pleasant surprise at running back. That boy runs with attitude. Should he be in the top two to three running backs next year? He's put on a show the last couple of games. I agree. The competition is <clears throat> he gets a chance to go prove it. I mean, look, it's uh, in the spring. Um, I mean, look, let's, let's, let's say Christian Clarkson early enrollee. 
let's say Jarrett Gibson signs with Texas, um, which, by the way, if anybody missed it, and we've had a lot of new people come on here, both Florida and Tashar Choice are scheduled to be at IMG today to see Jarrett Gibson. Um, so, I mean, your running back room would be pretty stacked. I mean, you're, you're sitting there with uh, Cedric Baxter. Uh, you have Jaden Blue. You have Trey Wisner coming back, right? Then you would have Jarrett Gibson coming in. What if Christian Clark comes in as well? I mean, that's a lot of competition at the running back position in the spring. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Jerry, DeSoto moved him to that slot position. Do you think Sark could use him more like Jordan Whittington in the future? I mean, just a thought. Because yeah. man, he's got, he clearly has the. He has a little bit more speed than Jordan, in my opinion, like juice speed, like a, a real quick, quick twitch kind of guy. And then he could run more two back, more 21 personnel that way. Yeah. And just trying to and not have to get guys off the field. You know what I mean? Where you give the other team a chance to sub. I think it's interesting. I think if if something like that happens in the future of Trey, that's not a great sign for Niblet or Der- uh, more. Uh, that's fair. Fair question. Fair. Okay, guys. This next one here um, is actually a comment, but an interesting one. Mark Leopard says, Worthy is six catches away from being top five in school history. Oh, can everybody name the other ones? I think we know we got Rory Williams and uh, Shipley. Who's Whether he, I, I will say this, whether he does that or not, who's the last Texas wide receiver to be first team All American? Roy Williams. Is it? Or what about Jordan Shipley? Was he ever first-team All-American? I don't think he was, but somebody may know that. Somebody look that up for us because that's a good trivia question. Somebody saying Mike Davis. I was was about to say, I thought Mike Davis was top five-ish. Oh, he catches. Or it's a first-team All-American last I'm talking about All-American. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe Jordan Shipley, maybe Roy Williams. That's 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 high cotton for for Xavier Worthy, young man who originally signed from Mich- with Michigan out of Fresno, but uh, again, Steve Sarkeesian recruits through the whistle, signed, but then ended up going to Texas mid year. Somebody, uh, somebody may have hit one on this. Who? Oh, uh, L.J. Humphrey or something? No, I'm looking. Let me see. Okay. Somebody, right, so Texas- somebody's saying Devin Duvernay. They may, they may have been talking about catches. Oh yeah. I don't believe Shipley was named an All-American, at least according to Wikipedia. Texas has had I think there were some loaded wide receivers that year. Oh, consensus All-American in 09. Who was? Uh, Shipley was? Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Maybe so. Okay, guys, we're going to move on here. we got time for just a few more questions. But before we do, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Rick Vavro and Austin Underground. Yes, since 2004, Austin Underground has been specializing in difficult underground commercial installations. The team's engineering background gives Austin Underground the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. Rick and his team offer an end-to-end client experience, including seamless communication, uh, uh, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid work. Uh, every single time. That's Austin Underground. Uh, Give Rick and his team a chance to earn your business at Austin Underground. 
Okay, we want to thank them for sponsoring today. And then let's get on to a few more questions here. This one from Tom Rucker. He says, our current coach slash staff appears to be superior to the best Mac Brown, almost as good at recruiting, better development of talent, better, more aggressive game plan, equal game management. He wants y'all's thoughts on that. I, you know, look, I, I want to address the recruiting part. Um, and, and I give this staff credit all the time. They're not Mac Brown. Mac Brown was an exceptional, great, great, great recruiter. Um, now, the rest of it that goes with that, a discussion for sure. Was was he a better recruiter? Because to me, Jerry, part of recruiting is evaluating. Well, that's what I'm saying. The rest, is, Mac was an exceptional recruiter. Then go to the rest of it. Like nobody, so, nobody. You take evaluating out of it, even though he brought in guys like Derek Johnson, Corey Redding, Cedric Benson, Jamal Charles, Vince Young. I mean, yeah. some of those guys didn't really need, quote unquote, evaluating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was because the last half of the Texas roster was never nearly as good as what, in my opinion, what Steve Sarkeesian's bringing in right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I put, I, when I think of Mac in recruiting, I say, all right, talking to kid high school coach family, he's unmatched. Maybe Bobby Bowden, he's a top three, four guy ever in, in all my years doing this. Now, move away from that. Evalu start with evaluation and everything else in the program. Um, I mean, look, it's uh, it, we'll see what the future holds for Sark, but there it's argue it's easy to argue or discuss that they're better in many other ways. They're not better yet in the secondary, right? Here's the crazy thing, though, not to get off on the, a tangent. Would Sark have recruited Vince Young as a quarterback? Because nobody else did. Yep. They didn't. They looked at it. Miami. Bobby Bowden said wide receiver. Miami said wide receiver. Nick Saban said wide receiver. Uh, conventional, the conventional QB guys not, uh, that evaluated throwing motion, all that. Nobody offered him as a quarterback. All right, y'all, we have a ton of questions. You know, obviously, Jeff Choate leaving for Nevada. They're wanting a linebacker coach update. Bobby, I'm going to let you give everybody the latest, if there even is an update. Yeah, there's not much. Eric Nolene uh, mentioned yesterday, maybe Colton Swan, out of uh, the linebackers coach out of Utah, might be a possibility. He did that on the state of the program. I think he's put it on Inside Texas as well. There's a lot of guys that are, that are possibilities, but I really don't know that Sark has even got that heavily on his radar right now. He's embroiled in recruiting uh, the the transfer portal and getting his ready team to go down to to, to New Orleans. Um, and Jeff Choate is going to be going to be coaching through uh, at least that game, uh, just like he didn't have didn't feel the need to go out and hire a wide receivers coach immediately. I don't think he feels the need to go hire a linebackers coach immediately, nor should he. He needs to go find the right guy. And if that means he waits until the end of the NFL season, like he did with Chris Jackson at wide receivers, then that's what he does. If he finds somebody immediately, then that's what he does. But I, I don't think there's a rush here, guys. All right, Jerry, with your news earlier um, about Jared Gibson, some people, are, including Zane Petty here, wants to know who's your comparison for him? Oh gosh. Um, 
I'd have to think about that. Anybody's 5'10", 207-pound bowling ball that's a physical downhill type of runner that doesn't necessarily have track speed, um, that's your guy. Um, Really has a feel for dropping pads on contact. Instinctive guy, got quick feet in the hole. He's got all the cuts, jump cut, skip cut. He can get skinny. He can do all that stuff. Uh, But it's the feel for – um, taking on contact. I would say, I don't want to say this because they're different backs, but um, Taj Brooks had that uh, that feel for exactly when to drop his pads and create some power on contact. Jarrett Gibson's a smaller frame, but he has that same thing. Yeah, I just wonder if he has the same level of feet that Taj Brooks had through, through contact. Yeah. I think he's a little bit like Marcus Major at OU. I, and you got to remember, I saw Jarrett Gibson in person this year. Yeah. Early. That's that's kind of who he reminded me of. Beginning of the season. Um, all right, one more comparison question, guys. Archmania says, what Texas receiver, past or present, most closely matches Juice Wells? Of course, the wide receiver out of South Carolina that's been rumored to be a portal candidate. Devin DuVernay without the speed. Devin, Dev, that kind of strong-handed. Not Juice Wells is a better, I, I, like, I don't want to say better athlete because speed is part of that, but he is a more agile athlete. He is not as fast as Devin DuVernay, though, but they are both guys that play hard and play physical and have tremendous hands. Like Devin DuVernay and Juice Wells are guys that have A++ hands. Yeah. That's the comparison there. And then they're also very physical. Uh, we had an answer on the top five, and I just lo- – oh, here we go. Uh, all-time receptions, we were talking about that. Jordan, one. Roy Williams, two. Jackson Shipley, three. Quan Cosby, four. Mike Davis is five. Now, obviously, Worthy has a chance to put his name in that top five. So, yeah. there you go. All right, uh, time for just a few more here. And Football Junkie, we were talking about this when you put in the Super Chat, but thank you for the Super Chat. So, Bobby answered that one a second ago. And then uh, let's do this one from Julian Rodriguez. He says, who, in your opinion, does Texas match up the best with in the playoffs? Alabama. (laughs) I think that's been proven. Maybe Michigan, uh, because Michigan hasn't really been – I mean, maybe Michigan, uh, maybe Alabama. They actually – anybody that has to be run first to to move their offense – I think that's that's where Texas matches up better. Um, that that would be mine. Uh, you know, I feel like people think that um, that that like other people outside of Texas that don't know the Texas roster somehow think that Michigan's run game or Alabama's run game they're just going to bully Texas, and they're not. You know, they haven't. Alabama hasn't. Uh, Michigan won't. Good good offensive line. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to bully Texas. Um, and I, I would be really interested to see what Sark's offense did against Michigan's defense. Michigan, uh, Michigan's defense is heavily predicated on the front seven. And Sark, unlike, and this is the problem that Ryan Day has, he's he is a throw to a spot guy or throw to an open receiver. He's, he's a little, his offense just a little bit different than Texas. And so I, I don't think that, oh, well, I know uh, 
that even though Ryan Day has better receiver, I mean, he's got the number one receiver in the draft uh, in uh, 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 Marvin Harris's kid. Uh, but it's just different. I think Texas make, matches up well with Alabama and, and Michigan really, really well, actually. Gary? Uh, yeah, I would say Michigan. And the, the interesting thing about Michigan to me is, on the surface, it's Michigan. And I think people wonder about Michigan because they it, there's a it's maybe it's true maybe it's not I don't know that they haven't I think it'll all play out here in a, in a few weeks that they haven't really been tested. Um, I mean, Penn State and Ohio State are full of NFL draft picks, full of NFL draft picks. Um, so they've been tested athletically. Um, Zach Zenter's a big loss for Michigan, so they're down to six draftable offensive linemen, not seven. They still have six they're going to be drafted. Guys that don't even start are going to be drafted on the offensive line. I, I think I think it, J.J. McCarthy will be healthy now for the playoffs, so that's a little different. I think he's been banged up. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy's probably better than a lot of fans think uh, because Michigan's kind of done what they need to do to win games. I mean, and they've done it well. So I, I, I would worry about Michigan's pass rush against Texas a little bit. Honestly, that would be the worry for me. All right, guys, this is going to be the last question for today, and it is a super chat from Ambassador of Texas. I want to thank them, and he says, "Do y'all think Sark will be the long-term head coach at the University of Texas?" I think they're about to give him nine, ten million reasons to be <laughs> <laughs> a year. Yeah, yeah. A year. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that 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 would be ideal. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be the next guy that run, runs the things for a little while, kind of like Mac had his run, kind of like Dale Royal did his 10, 15 year guy. That's what I think. All right, Bobby. Well, before we get out of here, let everybody know what they can expect later today right here on On Texas Football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, uh, we got not only do we have Portal that we're covering today, each and every day, but I've got Tale of the Tape with Paul Wadlington. Uh, and then we'll come back with another update later this afternoon. Uh, we've got coffee and football again tomorrow. We got a bunch of stuff planned for the next several days, actually, uh, as uh, the portal plays out, as recruiting plays out, uh, as Texas begins its pursuit. I think they get back on the practice field officially over the weekend, Jerry. Uh, so we'll wait and see uh, what all is going on right now. Jerry, what are you covering today? And what, what's what's your thing that you're you're uh, trying to check? Track. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm just interested to see uh, Florida's going down to see Jarrett Gibson today. Texas is also scheduled to be at IMG today. Florida's trying to get him to officially visit. Um, and, and if they can get Jarrett Gibson to officially visit either this weekend or next weekend, that's probably not great for Texas. It's the same thing with Phil Samee, uh visiting Texas next weekend. That's not great for Florida. Um, so uh, then Sarkeesian, Blake Gideon in home with Phil Samee, uh and his father tonight. Uh, so the Texas staff on the road continue to make official visits. I'm interested to see if, if I get anything out of Mississippi on Bo Davis's visit uh, to see Terrence Hibbler and where Alabama is at in that recruitment. Is Alabama going to get Hibbler on campus this weekend or next weekend? Uh, so it's kind of a it, it's a fight here uh, at the end. These in-home visits are key in getting these official visits uh, uh, followed through on or scheduled in some cases, but. Right now, it's kind of Jarrett Gibson because Florida's really pushing there. His family lives in Gainesville. A lot of his family, his grandmother, father grew up big Florida fans. 
Um, he's been to three games this year. So I'm kind of watching to see if it comes out that he's scheduled an official visit to Florida. If he does, that's probably not good for Texas. Then Hunter Andrews, Texas, uh, the, the offer yesterday from Magnolia, Texas invited him. I exchanged messages with him yesterday afternoon. Texas has uh, invited him to officially visit December 15th through 17th. Does he visit, make that visit to Texas? Does AM get him on campus for an official one of the next two weekends? We'll see. So I'm just kind of following some of those. Uh, Texas still leads big for Kobe Black ahead of his December 13th uh, uh, announcement. So Sark already made it in home there last Sunday. Uh, I believe uh, Kyle Flood and some of the coaches are into Dallas area today making in-home visits. Uh, I was told that Sark will be in home with – expected to be in home with Alex January Colin Simmons next week. Obviously, they have another big playoff game uh, this week against North Crowley. I believe Texas' Sark will be scheduled to go in there early next week, not taking away – from their state championship game prep preparation if they beat North Crowley this week. There you go. Oh, well, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. We definitely appreciate your support. Please hit that like and subscribe button. If you haven't already, be sure to ring the bell so you're notified anytime we post a video right here on On Texas Football. We also want to thank our sponsors today, Rick Bobro and Austin Underground, uh, along with Manscaped and Prize Picks. And then last but not least, we got to thank Derek Johnson for coming on, especially big congratulations to him. College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, that guy's gotten all kinds of awards, but that, you know, that has to be awesome for him. It's, it's a it's a career award in one, like 130 tackles as a senior, nine forced fumbles. That, that will be a record I don't think is ever broken at the University of Texas. Nine forced fumbles in a single year. That's still, I think that's still tied for an, uh, a college football record. That's just crazy. Crazy. <laughs> And then don't forget to go check out his foundation too, DerekJohnsonFoundation.org. Be sure to check it out. And then if you're inclined to, please support it. And uh, yeah, so for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Hook them. Let's go get them on the recruiting trip.